Silky's family was not in a good place. She was failing as a wife and mother, but her arrest was the last straw. And I felt guilty. I felt guilty and I felt ashamed. And I was in my deepest pit. Thankfully, Silky became a follower of Christ in her jail cell. And soon she was discovering how to restore her marriage and family with our help. Focus on the family helped me find hope because they never give up. They continue being there for us, for the families, for the children. We never give up on helping others, of spreading the word of Jesus. And I'm grateful for that. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can rescue and strengthen more families like Silkies. Can we count on your support? Give today at focusonthefamily.com slash realfamilies. Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parenting podcast. When I was in high school, I had a friend of the family who invited me to go to their church. I had recently accepted Christ, and I did not have a place to really plug in and get discipled. But on Sundays, I would go with him and his family to church. They became kind of a second family and a first spiritual family, if you will. And um, that shows you the power of what can happen if your kids have an eye for those around them and invite them into your family. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta. He's the Vice President of Parenting and Youth here at Focus on the Family. And today, we're going to hear a conversation Jim Daly and I had with Shauna Pilgreen about how you can encourage your kids to be a powerful witness um, in their world, particularly at school. Shauna, you describe circles in the book. Um, Give the listener a little flavor of what you mean by operating in circles within your mission. Right. So if you're living sent, you're paying attention. You're paying attention to what's going on around you, realizing that you're not seeing things just with your physical eyes, but there's some things that God wants you to see with your spiritual eyes. So when I describe circles, I'm talking about, think about the groups that you're a part of. Think about the circles that are formed in your life. Some you form, some you step into. For example, maybe your staff is your circle. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're a part of the PTA or you're a part of a small group at church. Those are your circles. Those are the groups of people that you do life with. And most of the time, you have something in common with those people. So I talk about quadrants, circles, and hubs as these are places you are every day, and it's people you're doing life with every day. But we need to have this mindset that, again, we're just not going to take the road of comfort and say, well, it's just people like me. No, who are those people that you're around, that God has placed in your circle to do life with, and then look for ways to have those conversations. Yeah. You know, Shauna, in the book, you have so many creative ideas and how to do this. And that's why we wanted to carry your resource to get more people kind of opened up to this. It's humorous, though. In this one, I think you had a failed barbecue, if I remember correctly. (laughs) But you turned it into something proactive. So what did you do with your fail? How do you fail at a barbecue, first of all? (laughs) Well, you fail at a barbecue because you've already failed at an Easter egg hunt that you tried to do for your neighborhood. Um, We had all planned. uh, Ben was going to grill. Elijah was going to help him with the vegetables. And all six of us had a different role in this. Well, the grill went out. So this was a neighborhood barbecue. This was a neighborhood barbecue. We were putting it on. We were just going to bless the bless the uh, neighborhood and uh so we scrambled and last minute we just went to costco and bought i don't know how many maybe 20 pizzas that bottled water version. and that's a good and backyard cookies. barbecue 
kind of food. Right, yeah, right. Pizza. Yes. And my plan was to bring everybody into our tiny city patio. But the kids said, you know what? They're not going to come in here. We need to go out there. And again, it's just something they're learning right. and living in the city. So we set up the table right outside of our fence. And so many people came by, wanted to pay, weren't quite sure why we were doing it. But people stopped by. All kinds of people stopped by. And we live in a busy intersection where people are coming back from work. And so we got to meet you know, a family across the street that has a Down syndrome kid. We've, they've never stepped out of the house where we've been hmm. um, visible. Yeah, neighbors, people driving by. It was just amazing. Amazing. And, you know, again, the combination at the top of the program, we talked about bring your Bible to school. And we just thought this was such a good fit, your content, the book. And then what we've done the past four years or so, we've had over half a million kids participate. The biggest statistic that I love about it is about 32% of public schools have had students participate. That is big. It's incredible. And we're simply trying to remind students particularly that you have every right to bring a Bible into school, not to be disruptive, but at lunchtime and free time, you're free to read the Bible, have your friends read it with you and do whatever you'd like to do. Pray together. The school administration has no legal right to prevent Mm -hmm. you from doing that. And it's not to wag a finger at people, but to say, you know, we're going to we're going to exercise this yes. muscle we have called religious liberty. Yes. And I think it's important for young people like your son's age to realize that. I am shocked at how many school administrators and teachers don't even know these fundamental rights. Mm-hmm. And we have many stories, John, mm-hmm. where these kids have uh, been intimidated by these school administrators, teachers that will come up and say, hey, put that Bible away in your desk. It's illegal for you mm-hmm. to have that out on top of your desk, which is ridiculous. Yes. That's not true. And we work with Alliance Defending Freedom. And people can go to the website and download all this information. It's a nice one-sheeter that the kids can print out. So when that school teacher comes up and says, hey, what are you doing? They can hand this quick legal brief, and they read it. And usually the outcome is the teacher goes, oh, okay, it looks like you're fine to do that. But they just don't know. And it's a wonderful way to embolden children to be um, you know, positive about their faith yes. and to be I guess, confident in what they're doing. And you've done this in the book. What are some other things that children can do, young people can do that you've done with your kids? Well, we start by praying on the way to school. I think it's a simple way, mom and dad, whoever, the carpooling parent on the way to school, just pray, pray over the day, pray over what's on their mind. I think that's an easy way. We even encourage our kids that, you know, God's with you throughout the day. You're not alone. Yeah. You can call on him at any point. And so we even just keep tabs on that. Like, was there a moment today that you had to, you know, ask God for something? Just that reminder for them, because school's yeah. overwhelming in so many ways. But for them to know that God is with you as you walk through the day is huge. And then we just encourage our kids, hey, while mom and dad are out in the community, you're out at school. Look for ways, eyes yeah. wide open. Look for the person that's hurting. Yeah, it's good. We keep all the names of... And their classmates on our wall. I saw that. I think that I regret that we did not do that. That is a wonderful idea. And well, then you it's have tricky the kids. in middle school and high school because of the number of students. But you just pick one child a night to pray for before yeah. they go to bed. Yeah. I think that I was kicking myself when I read that going, <laughs> why didn't I think of that? Because that's a great idea. Well, and it teaches the kids to be looking for that person. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and then it just say, builds that habit. It hey, builds that muscle, you like you night. were saying. Yeah, I think that's so good. Let's end with that recurring dream you've had about mm-hmm. evangelism. Now, people are going, what, what, what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Lord's been very effective working in dreams in your life. Describe what you see in that dream, and what does that teach us about sharing Jesus with others? Well, this dream came when I was little. 
far before I could see San Francisco or not seeing Africa where I thought it was going to lead me. But the dream came when I was actually in middle school and high school myself and just began to think, God, what would heaven look like if the people that I get to tell my story to end up in heaven with me? And so the reoccurring dream is seeing myself walking the streets of heaven and looking to my left and my right and seeing the people that I got to share my faith with. Man, that's exciting. What a vision to think about. And, well, uh, and, and now others... that God has given me a family, now I'm not just seeing the people that I get to touch, but I'm now yeah. getting to see the people that my kids are touching. And Shauna, some people feel that is a burden, but mm. what people need to realize, I think on average, it's like 11 touches that a person receives before they make a commitment to Christ. So you might be touch number one yes, or one through 11. I don't know. Or you could be that last touch where a person says, yes, Mm -hmm. I do want to know Jesus as my personal savior. You just don't know. But the idea of planting, watering, and reaping is the concept of God's harvest. Yes. And Jim, I still get sweaty hands when I'm in conversations. And I know God is prompting me to share parts of my story. But it's worth it. It doesn't ruin our relationship with God. He just continues to give us what we need. You know, I really liked Shonda's ideas, especially praying for your kids' classmates by name. How powerful is that? Danny, what are some other ways that we can encourage our kids to reach out to friends at school? And you're right. Shonda had some great ideas, some some examples that are very practical. And I... I would add to that that uh, with with us uh, here at Focus on the Family, we encourage parents to talk to their kids about being noticers, noticers about what God's doing, noticers of those kids in the school. And from a practical standpoint with with my kids, uh, we've talked about, can you start a Bible study? Can you find one other Christian there? And you guys pray for your classmates during the school day. Other classmates begin to see that there's this group of kids that are a light to others. They, they don't get stuck into the cliques. They, they are in a different place uh, as, as how they handle relationships within the school. And uh, one of the uh, things we've, Lexi and I, my daughter and I, have talked about are what are some, some uh, ways you can penetrate in a deep way with, with your friends? And, and a couple of years ago, she decided with a few of her friends to make sticky notes with words of encouragement, verses, and and other other notes on there that were of encouragement to kids, and and put them th- on on all the lockers in the school, and to begin to create what she called a ripple effect in the school, momentum in a certain direction. Kids are going to be watching the lives of your kids. Help your kids understand that that is a light to the world around us. How we handle feeling rejected, how we handle adversity, how we handle sports. Uh, I remember my son entering for the first time the basketball realm, and one of the things we talked about there is as you play sports, you're a witness to having God in your life. Mm -hmm. It's not just about you spreading the gospel. People will observe who you are first, and that opens up the conversation for you. And he, he, uh, along the way, uh, did get some responses from refs, from other coaches, uh, where he, he had a different view of the competition. These are not my enemies. We're having fun playing basketball. Yeah. We're competing together. So it can be in sports. It can be in music. How do we express our talents and skills 
in a different way where it's not about our sense of worth but our serving others. And it's really centered on developing humility and a servant heart within your home. It begins there, and then mm-hmm. you take it to the school. And that's how you begin to have a witness and a reaching out at school. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I remember hearing somebody say that most of us have the job of planting and watering the seeds. Some of us get to harvest those seeds, you know, for the Lord. But uh, for the most part, a lot of us, if we'll just be uh, aware of our surroundings, there are seeds of the gospel that we can help plant through simple acts of kindness, through a sticky note, through an invitation to dinner at our house, whatever it is. Think of your kids wiring and, and play to their strengths in this realm. And John, maybe a smile, as simple as a smile, yeah. teaching your kids to, now that we get masks off, hopefully soon, just being able to smile at someone else. Even with your eyes, you can do that and asking the question, how are you? Mm-hmm. And genuinely wanting to know the response. Well, we have some great uh, resources for you at our website. Let me point out, Bring Your Bible to School Day. That's coming up in October, and um, it's not too early to be thinking about that and talking about it with your kids. Uh, We have a website with new challenges posted every month, encouraging um, kids of most ages to live out their faith at school. And you can find out more about those activities and bring your Bible to School Day coming up in October uh, in the episode notes. We do recommend Shauna's book, Love Where You Live, which is a great resource. Lots of really super and simple ideas to be a witness in everyday life. Um, get a copy of that from us here at Focus on the Family. We'll send one to you when you make a donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. Help us help other parents worldwide. And uh, so when you join the support team today, a gift of any amount, we'll send that book to you. Call 800-A-FAMILY to donate or check the episode notes. Next time, advice for helping preteens navigate all the emotions that come with the teen years. I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for listening today to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Parents, are you looking for an informative, encouraging, and engaging resource for your teen daughter? Check out the new and improved Brio Magazine from Focus on the Family. Almost double the original size in a book-like format, this trusted, biblically-based magazine provides teen girls with inspiring stories, fashion advice, cultural insights, and positive role models. Help your teen girl live out her faith. Subscribe at BrioMagazine.com. That's BrioMagazine.com.